G'day everyone and welcome to Sports Bet's Trash Talk Podcast. I'm Felix Von Hoff and I'm here with Mark Worthington and Corey Homicide-Williams. We wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we're going to jump right into it here because with a massive game yesterday on Boxing Day, Melbourne versus Sydney. Well, that wasn't yesterday's game. The Melbourne versus Sydney game, we're going to jump into that first because the Sydney Kings needed a win there and they've dropped to 0-3 against Melbourne United. Corey, what would you think of that one? I think that it went exactly the way I knew it was going to go. Um, it was a good game, and ultimately Melbourne United won. That's exactly what I said in here before that game started. That game even happened. I said, they're going to lose, and they did. Go ahead, Wurzel. Let me that, hear you. Mate. You did, you did ahead, say Wurzel. that. I'll tell you what, Sydney had control of that game for three quarters of the basketball game, but as we all know, Melbourne's just too tough. You've got to play 40 minutes against Melbourne, otherwise you don't get the W. And what was disappointing for me was the execution down the stretch of the Sydney Kings. Like, what were they running? Like, you saw the you you saw saw the game. What were they running? Like, Melbourne looked like a championship team that was just executing down the stretch. But Sydney, man, the playbook went out the window. They were trying to make plays. It wasn't happening. It was disappointing from a Sydney point of view. It definitely was disappointing, especially when you were in control three and a half quarters in the game and you're home. You know, also, let's think about this, like the substitution patterns during the stretch of that game. That was that's super questionable. And on top of that, if I'm up and I'm home, I'm not subbing. I'm putting my five in my first five and I'm running with them. You guys got to help get this lead. Finish the game off. I'm leaving it up to you guys. So that's something we got to discuss, too. These, these substitutions, just the sub. That's crazy to me. Well, I mean, the substitutions for me were crazy when the game... I mean, Corey, you and I were around when there was still 48 minutes. And we used to play anywhere between 40 and 48 minutes. And we were fine. And now, people are playing like 30 minutes, 25 minutes. It, like, at what point do you say, all right, I'm going to roll with six or seven guys for this game. But at the moment, it seems like there's an equal opportunity for everyone to get court time. Like, it's like under 12s almost, and I don't understand it. Like, Sydney need to be rolling with their starting five, Daniel Kickett, and Kyle Adnam. That's it. That's their seven at the moment. And, And David Ware is probably on the lower end of scale of getting minutes out of that group. Everyone else, I'm rolling with pretty much six the entire time. Thoughts? Look, I'm with you. You know, obviously, you know, Brian Bowen, you got to give him, find a way to get him a little bit of minutes. I'm cool with that. But all this playing 10 players, especially in a game like that, the, the bigger the game, the shorter your rotation needs to be. Especially when you're, you're first of all, you in first place for the, for the brief, the, the brief, uh, Time that they had it, I don't know, maybe they had it just for the game. Maybe four hours they had it or something like that. But you had an opportunity to capitalize and put a stamp on this league to let people know you are for real and you dropped the ball completely. Can we, can we talk about the last three teams that have been on top of the ladder and losing the next game? Yeah, that's, like Perth, yeah. Perth were on top, they lost. Sydney went to top, they lost. Melbourne went to the top, and they lost to Adelaide last night. <laughs> it's just no one wants that top spot at the moment. Like Those three teams, I think we all agree, are the top three, th- top three teams in the league. But then there's Brisbane and Adelaide, and they're coming, and they're playing good basketball at the moment. 
both those teams are scary and, and sad. One of them has to miss out, unless you think you're Corey, where you think Perth is going to miss out altogether if they don't make a change. Well, Perth Correct? better make a change. Perth, Perth better, better make, make a change. change. We're going to jump into that in a minute. Perth I'm going to better jump make on a the, change. I'm going to jump on the court time for a second because you're right, Worth, though, and both of you guys have played heavy, heavy seasons in the NBL. This isn't the NBA. It's not an 82-game season. It seems to be the only league in the world where, you re- where guys rest, and I've been involved in a program before, where, where guys complain about court time. When you can easily play 40 minutes, you're only playing maximum two games a week. If you can't back it up like that, then you know, I, I just don't see you as a professional athlete. Look, I agree with you. There was time, I hated coming out of games. I'm not tired. And that's how it should be. I if am you're, not if you're tired. Top Sub somebody else out. I know how to play to where I can pace myself. You know, maybe, Felix, you got it going on. Let's run plays for you. I'll rest on offense. Let me lock up on defense, but guess what? You got it going, or the big got it going. Or just run some offense. We we got a good enough lead. You know, we're dictating the tempo on both ends of the court. Let somebody else see. Take a couple of plays off offensively. That's how you rest. And defense, as long as you're bringing it, that's how veterans know how, veterans know how to play the game. And that's where you pick and choose when you want to go and when you want to rest. And that's how I would do. I was doing it. I, I think if we can take it even a step back further, how much do you love the game? Like, how much do you love basketball? Because I practice, like, especially in my well, early years, not so much in my later years, but if you try to kick me off the court at practice to sub in for me, you're going to get a mouthful. You know, I'm, I'm not having that because I knew I was playing minutes in the game and I need to be fit. And so what's happening at practice and that's one of the main reasons that Jacob Wiley is my favorite NBL basketballer right now. Because that man is just energy personified. Like, if Joey didn't sub him out, I'm sure he plays the same way the entire game. The entire game. So what are the guys doing at practice? Are they subbing out all the time? Are they even practicing? Because, to me, 40 minutes is nothing in the game now. It's nothing. Look, I agree with you. And, and um, when when do you want to talk about Adelaide, Melbourne. That's what I want to know. Are we well, finished with the Sydney Kings yet? We're finished with the Kings. Well, Joe, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Jake Wiley, who shouted out Wertho, because I played college basketball with Jake Wiley, and we came over on a tour and played against the Cairns Taipans. I think, was that the last time you ever dunked a ball in a game, Wertho? Watch yourself, Felix. Hey, he Watch came down the lane. Wertho came down the lane and threw it down, and I told the boys, nah, he's old, he's old, he's old, he ain't going to do it, and then bam. One of the, one of the boys got semi-baptized on the way through the lane. And I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna take you one on one, so I'm not asking I'm not I'm not stepping up to that challenge. Mate. I, was, was, I, I dunked I dunked every year that I was in the league. Yeah, yeah, bis- your year. biscuits even, in the coffee. Give with, it up, old man. <laughs> even I'd, I'd still be able to dunk it now. I ain't gonna be like D Mac and Duncan when I'm fifty, but <laughs> I'm going to dunk for another year or two at least. We'll look forward to some sports bet content with Wertho throwing it down soon. Anyway, jumping on to the one that I know, before we jump onto the Melbourne-Adelaide game, we do need to talk about your favourite, the sinking ship, the Titanic, <laughs> the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I don't really need to give this one more of an intro. Just go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, they're proving to the whole league that they had the easiest schedule in the league. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere with this. And I know they might call in the office about what I'm going to say right now. Have we got lawyers present? Look, I'm telling you right <laughs> now, we're going somewhere different, fellas. Now, let's think about this. How is it that it seems that every year the Perth Wildcats are always on top of the ladder and they always have 
all of these home games early, and it's always easier games year in, year out. I know they got the Hoffman Cup, so they got to get a lot of home games. Fair enough. Cool. Why is it always the easy games? Is it because maybe they have the biggest fan base and we want to make sure that that fan base stays intact? And it are, you, gives are you throwing that conspiracy theory Conspiracy right now? theory! <laughs> maybe it's because the fan base there is big and we need them to jump on the bandwagon every year and be hype. Because right now, that's what it looks like. Because now they're playing all the tough teams and they are losing. There's no, oh, they, they're, almost, they're losing every game. That team is not good enough. It's just not. Best player in the league. Actually, second best player in the league. Bryce Cotton. Tariko White, where the hell is he? Missing. Haven't scored a, a, a point in the last five quarters. Can you believe that stat? That's pretty wild. For a high-paid import, that's wild. He hasn't scored a bucket in the fourth quarter of the last five games? Are you kidding me? Damian Martin, what's this What's this crazy-ass lineup you're talking about, Wurdo? What is the lineup you said? Put who in the game? Norton, Martin, and Cotton? Get that shit out of here. That shit ain't working nowhere. Nowhere in no league will that lineup work. Nowhere. This team needs another import. And they they fuck around and lose to Cairns. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Well, I'm hoping for it because I've been calling a lot of Cairns games without any reward up there. Oh, my God. I'm I'm calling bullshit on this, right? I'm calling. There's no conspiracy theory. There's nothing like that. And, like, if we're going to call out Tariko White, let's call out Angus Brandt. Oh, no way. I'm not calling him out. I want his jersey, actually. I want to buy an Angus Brandt jersey. But go ahead. Let's hear this. Do you know how many points he scored in the fourth quarter in the last five games? Well, maybe he needs to call out some more big men, and maybe he'll play better. But when he called (laughs) out Bogut, he stepped up. I got a respect for him. He scored two points in the last five games in the fourth quarter. That's all right. It's not on him. It's not on him. Why is it not on him? It ain't on him. It's on everybody else. He ain't got. He ain't getting paid the big dollars. <laughs> he ain't getting paid he the big dollars. Paid, he nah, is he getting paid the big dollars. I cannot see him getting a big check. He plays for Perth. Everyone gets a big check there. It's like semi-pro. It is all on a big check, and they take it to a big bank, and they all get paid. <laughs> they all get paid. Look, Perth have definitely had their struggles, and the thing that's concerning to me is closing out the game because they've had a big lead in majority of these last five games, except for the Melbourne game, I think. Um, they've had a lead and they've lost it. We talked about Sydney's poor execution. We've got to talk about Perth's poor execution down the stretch. And you can see it in their face. You look at Damian Martin's face after the Brisbane game. Like he was, he was like, what needs to happen here? And Corey's in the background screaming, a third import, a third import. I get it. They do, but at what position, Corey? Like, what position do they need a, a third import in? Do you actually believe I would give my opinion on what the Wildcats need? Do you really believe that? <laughs> do you really believe I, that I'm going to say, you know what I believe? I believe they need no. Put it on a piece of paper and slide it across the desk no, to me. No, I'm not saying anything. They, <laughs> they, they're going to win the championship with two imports and blah, blah, blah. Figure it out, Wildcats. Figure it out. <laughs> 
That ship is sinking. <laughs> that ship is so sinking. You cannot rely so con- on one player. They relied. They put the bank on one player. It's not put, working. Put the yeah. bank on him for three years as well. It's not working. What's your next move? Nick K well, doing his thing. Like, uh, what's the point guard name? Players. Norton. K. Cool. They, they doing their thing. You need a third import. You're seeing it right now. You need one. Who have Look, they beat that are championship contenders? Not a damn team. Nobody. Nobody. On the road. Where are you supposed to win a championship at if you're a real champion? On the road. They ain't getting it done. And they're looking bad. They're looking real bad. I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I was the person that was high on them not that long ago. But this little, little skid that they've been on, the only team that they've beaten is the Taipans at home. I mean, come which, on, man. You know, Everybody that needs their confidence to get back up, needing confidence, meet the Taipans. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need some confidence, just go, you know, just the go play against Cairns. Yeah, that's it. Because I, I live in Cairns, Corey oh, actually made the news here the other night. You lying. No, no, you actually did. <laughs> Was it those photos of him jumping off the boat in New Year's? Were they trying to say that he was at the reef? No, no, he made the news, his little clip saying that the Taipans won't win a game for the rest of the season. Yeah. And they weren't too happy with Corey up here. The, yeah, players, yeah. the players or the head coach, like, you got to understand, when you come to Cairns, if you say anything about the Taipans, you are the front page news here. Oh, word? You are on, you're, you're the first story that any, happens on the sports section. Any publicity is good publicity. I'm coming in there guns blazing, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey definitely was the front of the news here uh, in Cairns the other day after he said the Taipans wouldn't win another game. That's a fact. But nonetheless, like, nothing would make me happier for the Taipans <laughs> to beat Perth on New Year's Eve, calling that game. Um, however, we know the you real think deal, Perth yeah. has to be has to be seething coming into this game. And maybe if they were riding a bit more of a high, that you could see them knocking them off. But it's going to be tough for the Taipans to do it now. Look, at the end of the day, everybody needs a whooping boy, okay? And that's <laughs> who the Kansas Taipans are. Let's be real. They're not going to win that game. They're not going to win any game. The only way they win another game, and this is the God-honest truth, is when at the end of the season, a team that's on top of the ladder do not want – they sit their starters out and they play just the the development players. That's the only way they're going to get win number two. And they might lose that game. <laughs> well, now, as soon as we start talking about cans, I like to change the topic. Let's jump into the game <laughs> that happened yesterday. Now, there's a few points from this one we can jump onto. Oh, my goodness. And first of all, I want to jump out with Melbourne. And I'm a Melbourne guy. I'm very biased to Melbourne. But I said after they played that Perth Wildcats game, everyone came in and said that their defense was fixed. No, I think it was. They played a great game defensively, but it wasn't because the Perth Wildcats have absolutely fallen off the ship. And anyone right now can keep the Wildcats to a low defensive number. Went into Sydney. Great job. Came in against Adelaide yesterday on Boxing Day. And absolutely just a defensive sieve for the entire game. Adelaide were on track for the highest score in the NBL until they started to slow it down. I don't know what happened there because it definitely wasn't Melbourne's defensive effort. How'd you take that one, Corey? All right, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Jacob Wiley, 18 points. Majuk Deng, Wakanda forever. Welcome back to the NBL. He's only Wakanda forever in Melbourne. Shows up. I think he had about 18 points. 
Ramon Moore. Ramon Moore, 18 points. Demetrius Conga, 16 points. When the team looks like that, they are hard to beat. They haven't looked like that since, I mean, in, in, since the season began against a quality team. They haven't looked like that. They showed up yesterday, and that's why they, the, the score was the way it was. That's why they looked the way they looked. Now let's really get really into it. Casper Ware. Best two-way player in the league, my opinion, at that guard spot. Put the backpack on. He puts the backpack on when his team needs him. Shows up every time, whenever it's time to put that backpack on. Demetrius Conga was giving him trouble in that fourth quarter. He could not score on Conga. Conga has the length and the athletic ability to challenge his shots. He did not get a bucket on Conga. They start switching. He had the big on him. He started dancing, going to the basket, getting all his buckets, going to get layups and scoring them. Has an opportunity to tie the game up to go overtime. Who's defending him? Demetrius Conga. What does he decide to do? Step back, fadeaway three. Air ball. Bad decision. You should have went to the basket, and he was flowing. Every time he went to the basket in the fourth quarter, in the second half of that fourth quarter, it was a bucket. Or a foul. He willed him back into that game. He willed him back in the game. So why at the last possession would you go for a step back fadeaway three on a defender who you have not scored on in that game? Makes no sense to me. That is a play I know he wish he could take back. I just love your comment. I love your comment. When in doubt, give it to Black 21. And then Tim Cottage <laughs> said on Twitter, good, good job. Always give it to Black 21 after the air ball. I mean, it wasn't – he got to his spot. I mean, he's hit game winners from that exact spot before, correct? Who was on I him? could be wrong. Who was on him? I, no, no, we're not talking about that Who right was on saying, him when he hit that shot? We're not talking about Jason that right Kadeem. now. Understand who is on you. I'm not taking no shot like that if Wertho is on me. Wertho 6'9", got the length, and been giving me issues all game. I'm going to take Wertho to the basket like I've been taking everybody else. Why are you taking that you shot? Ain't... My bad. It's your go. I'm sorry. I'm getting, you know, you know how I go. I'm well, bad. My bad. Off, <laughs> first off, you, you ain't getting to the basket either with me on you. <laughs> Secondly... Casper got to his spot, so I don't have any issue with his shot selection. He felt like he wanted to go for the win. I know if I'm in that position, I'm going for the win too, not for the not for the tie. I'm going for the win. I know if you're in that position, you're going for the win. Would you rather win the game and say it's over? There's no pressure in those situations. I'm tying it up. That's it is pressure. Thing. I am going to tie it up because I as how his juices were flowing. With him getting to the basket, that's just five more minutes whoa, 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 to make whoa, whoa. it happen. You just, said it. you just said it with the way his juices were flowing. Getting to the basket. The getting to the basket, his juices were flowing. That was his advantage. He was going to the rack scoring so, every time or getting fouled. All right, so if we rewind the game, his juices were flowing at the tip because he's Can we change the word and stop saying the first ca- five seconds? <laughs> Can we change the word and stop talking about Casper's juices? 
Can we get? Is there any other term we can use here? His flow. Let's could use his flow because I'm getting all these sort of images in my head. <laughs> Yo, listen. Just ruining the entire flow of the Yo. thing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're a little bit juiced right now. Um, Keep going. So I got no problem with his shot. Demetrius Conger did a fantastic job in the fourth quarter. Daniel Johnson. We know he can't fly at his feet. He's horrendous. And Mujuk Den, Wakanda forever. Yeah, that's great. Play some defense down the other end because you gave you, you gave up more than 18 points down the other end of the court because of your shitty defense. I get all that. All right. I'm happy with the shot that he took, but you got to credit Adelaide. We said in the Melbourne-Sydney game, you got to play for 40 minutes. Adelaide were down seven or eight points going into the last, right? And they just kept chipping away. Nathan Sobey, he stepped up. Was fantastic in the fourth quarter. He hadn't done shit to to that point, but he was fantastic. Jacob Wiley bringing all sorts of energy to the game. Unreal. Ramon uh, Moore. Daniel Johnson. Ramon Moore had himself a game. You saw the shot like, that he hit? How about the shot? Yeah. Oh, oh that God. was a complete Oh, my fluke. goodness. Complete fluke. Ramon. Complete fluke. One of the game. <laughs> Ramon Moore loves coming back to beat Melbourne. Definitely does. He, he, he steps up in those games and... As you know, anytime you go play your next club, you circle the calendar. I had the whole calendar circled by the end of my career. <laughs> you circle. I think everyone had it circled back on you as well, Weather. Yeah, absolutely. All right, can I tell you a funny story? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So when I signed with Cairns, right, <laughs> Alex Loughton takes me for coffee, right? Wants to... You know, he's, he's a Perth kid. I'm a WA country kid. There was a rivalry growing up. Um, let's call a spade a spade. I was always better than him. But I always took his spot no matter where I went. Got you. Right? So he takes me. Yeah, am, I telling, am I telling lies on that one? No, I'm just no, listening. No, no, no. I mean, that is the truth. That is the truth. Loughton's a great player, but you were definitely better. We go for coffee. He goes, just so you know, every year on the calendar... I circle the three W's and I was like, all right, I'm listening. He goes, the Wildcats. I'm like, I get that. I circle the Wildcats too. He says, Gary Wilkinson, remember Big Red from New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I circle that. And then I circle Worthington. And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm like, well, that was a lot of losses for you then for the games that you circled. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell him he should have circled some more this year. I think he only circled yeah. one now that you're out of the league and the Wildcats are good or were good. Yeah, no. So <laughs> it was just a funny story of people circling things on the calendar. Right. But shout out to Big Al. You had a great year last year. Enjoy the last season. Now that I've finished playing, I circle different things on the calendar. I'm talking New Year's Eve, a few <laughs> other things on there. Where I re- really just plan to put in my best performance. Absolutely. No, so, so I forget the, where we were talking about, but Ramon Moore, he definitely circles Melbourne when he, he plays against them, and he played a hell of a game last night. Yeah, he did. It's almost like half their team does that. Now, on the topic of the Boxing Day game, of course, the NBA does Christmas Day, the Big Bash League now does Christmas Day to some very variant of success. Do you think that the NBL is ready? And let's throw out there an example, Southeast Melbourne versus Melbourne United next year. Do you think that's ready for a Christmas Day game? Or do you think that because the NBL is such a family-orientated crowd, wouldn't be able to draw any type of big number on Christmas Day? Worth, I'll let you jump in on this one first. 
Yeah, obviously I've been highly outspoken about this issue. I think there is a... People are finding a need to watch sport on Christmas Day, to me, which is crazy for the Australian culture. Um, I don't think... The only thing that I thought was reasonable was South East Melbourne versus United, if they were to do it. But then I'm like, that would take away from the open-air Boxing Day game, which we've learned to love. You like, couldn't have the open-air Boxing Day game, yeah. No, which was unreal. So I'm, I'm, I'm against it. Like, let Christmas Day be the day that people just relax. Let them just be with their families, be with their friends. Just chill out. And I, I don't even like that Adelaide had to travel on Christmas Day. Like, next year it should be the Melbourne Derby going for the Boxing Day clash, in my opinion. Just yeah. so people don't have to travel on Christmas Day. Well, the salaries but, aren't up there to be travelling on Christmas Day. Like they're earning good money. There's guys in the league earning $500,000, $600,000. And, and but... this, was, this, was, this was my argument. Like, if you're in the NBA, you can afford to take whoever you want to whatever city you want wherever you're playing on Christmas Day. You can take Christmas with you, (laughs) which is unreal. The second thing um, is we we as an Australian culture, I think we enjoy Christmas Day for the simple reason that we, A, get to eat, drink, and be with the people that we love and playing cricket in the backyard, shooting hoops like I did with my boys, whatever that may be. You, you do it. You don't want to be in front of a TV because it just takes away from what Christmas is all about, in my opinion. So, while I see that there is a market there and there is a demand there, and as Shane Hill put it, the first team that, or first sport that takes the leap will probably reap the rewards. For me, will it reap the rewards in viewership? Probably yes. Will it reap the rewards of people actually? taking their families to the game and watching the games? I don't think so. I think it would be a really poor crowd. But what do we rate our sport on? Is it on viewership or is it bums on seats that actually go watch the game? Well, I agree. I'd much prefer, like, I was, and I'm, I might be a bit biased right now because I was slogging them around the backyard on Christmas Day, 34 not out before tea and didn't actually, a few too many beers to continue after tea, remained on the 34 <laughs> not out. Corey, what was your, what's your opinion on this one? I agree. I agree with where, though. That's it. That's, That's my because opinion. you're out on a boat in Sydney. You're enjoying yourself <laughs> on Christmas Tell us, Day. Tell us, yeah, what did you get up to for Christmas, Corey? <laughs> well, I decided to get away from Melbourne for a couple of days. Um, I went up to Sydney and just, you know, enjoyed. I had a Lebanese Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. We did it. And Christmas Day, we just took the boat out and just swam. Sydney's beautiful, man. I mean, we just, you know, swam on the harbor. A friend of mine lives five minutes <laughs> On the boat. Yeah. That's a beautiful the, looking house. Yeah. That is a beautiful looking house. Yeah. The setup is pretty dope up there. And we just, you know, we kicked back, talked about life, goals, and, you know, just what the future holds for one another and, you know, just staying focused and, you know, just staying focused, really. And we just enjoyed it. Jumped in a boat. You know, it's not every day you could just jump off the, the top of a yacht and just do a... <laughs> I tried my best dive. It was horrible, but um, <laughs> I, I got to back that up. <laughs> Jump on to Corey's Instagram if you want to see his little swan dive jumping into the water, looking like a seal out there. <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun. 
Anyway, jumping on to some NBA action now because the NBA games were on Christmas Day. LeBron with a bit of an injury scare. They've said that it's day-to-day. But barring that, we'll, we'll jump onto the injury a little bit because it's not that much of a big deal. It's just a little groin strain. He might be out for a game or two, which for someone with the greatest longevity of any players we've seen in the modern era, like this dude just doesn't get injured. How do we? How, what do we think of the LeBron narrative so far? Took down the Warriors at Oracle by a substantial margin. How are we viewing that narrative? Corey, you jump on that one first. I think, first of all, I want to, first of all, what LeBron is doing is remarkable. You know, anywhere, any team he joins legitimately has an opportunity to go to the finals. You can never discount the LeBron factor and his effect for, for the organization, for his teammates, and for himself. He's not going anywhere to just play. He's trying to win. So for us, like we said earlier, I think for him to make playoffs, that's, a, that's huge in itself. And for him to get a first-round win, that's a successful season in, in, in my eyes. And, I, and I'm sure Wurdo said that earlier in this season, that it's a, a success in his eyes as well. But I want to jump on Golden State real quick. That's another ship that's sinking. They're self-imploding. And we got to back up to where you know, KD and Draymond had the big blue. Okay, KD is a sensitive superstar. Draymond is a superstar in his own right, and he voices his opinion. So whatever blew up in between them, between them, they can't be fixed. That cannot be fixed. And that's why they are looking the way they're looking. They're looking like they're looking bad. And it's showing. They're looking real bad. I don't believe that they will win a championship this year because those two pieces are the most important pieces of that team. Yeah, Curry shoot, do what he do. Clay does what he does. Draymond is the anchor defensively, and when all else goes to shit, give the ball to KD, he makes plays happen. Those two guys not on the same page, this team is not going to win a championship. I'll go back to the Lakers. I agree with you with LeBron. Like, I don't think anyone expected the Lakers to blossom as quickly as what they have this season. They, they've been sensational and uh, the fact that LeBron, like, what do you end up with? Like 17 and 13 and 21 minutes before the injury yesterday. Just he, he came to play on Christmas Day. The thing that I really like, though, is the rest of the group that stood up in his absence, like the young guys got going. The older dudes, how about Rondo turning back the clock and having a, like a sensational game? Um, Chandler has been the biggest difference since bringing him into the lineup, into the team. I think there's something like 19 and 6 now since he's been there. Like, he's been a difference maker. He's a leader. He's a shot blocker. He's made some huge plays down the stretch for this team um, in a couple of games now. So, great. The Warriors, I agree with you. There is something that is not right, and I can't imagine bringing DeMarcus Cousins is going to help situation. Like, he's going to be – He. this is a guy that hasn't played for a year. And when you haven't played for a year, frustration kicks in early because you can't do the things that you want to do. Yes, we saw the video of him dunking on KD at practice. All good. But he's going to have his struggles once he comes back into the lineup. And the Warriors, like you said, they're, they're, they've had issues from the Draymond KD um, blow-up. That is going to last the rest of the season – Yes, they'll probably still make it to the finals, 
they'll probably make it to the Western Conference Finals. Do they beat someone? I don't know, probably. But I don't like what we've seen in the East so far. Toronto, Boston, Philly. These are all good teams that play really good basketball that are quite capable of knocking off the Warriors. Well, I'm just happy to see that it's more of a competitive league. You look at the Warriors have dominated it the last couple of years. The Cavs and LeBron have done their best, but to, you know, to avail only one year. The only way this Warriors team was going to fall was it being done from the inside. And so thank you on behalf of the basketball community that doesn't like the Warriors to Draymond KD for getting into this beef. And DeMarcus Cousins, we wish you all the best with the downfall from the inside. But anyway, we're going to jump. I'm going to let you prop someone up, though. But first of all, I'm going to take the reins on calling someone out here. And I hate to do it. It hurts me inside to do it because I love this man. I think he's a fantastic coach. But Joey Wright in the presser after the Adelaide-Melbourne game referenced that he was sick of Casper Ware coming, talking to the bench, all that type of stuff, the way he was acting during the game. Now, you're going to say that when not only do you do stuff like that in the media, on court, nonstop, but your team are the kings of... If there's any any on-court going on, you know that it's coming from either Tease, Drimmick, all of these guys. There's always something. They're always messing around, mucking up someone's game. There's always something going on. So you're in no position to call out another player. I don't care if another player drops their pants on the damn court. It still doesn't compare to what Adelaide have done for years. And that's just the style they play with. I've got nothing against the style they play with, but that's just what they do. So don't come out here at a press conference saying that Casper was out of line with what he was doing. It's just not, a, it, there's nothing to it. I don't usually get mad, though, but I got mad with that. Yeah, he's really pissed off. I'm really pissed off. <laughs> my tone of voice might I not give it, it, but this, yeah, this is my pissed off tone of voice. Jump on it, though. Get some positivity in here. I'm sticking with the Adelaide 36ers. <laughs> ah! <laughs> you better not say, oh, you, you better not lift up Joey Wright saying, oh, thank God he called out Casper Ware. Oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Where's the, off, where's the off Wright. switch on this mic? Where's the off switch no. on this damn mic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm giving it to Jacob Wiley. I said last night he's my favorite player, and the reason he's my favorite player is this guy has more energy than anyone else in the league. And I think we all agree on this. Um, Felix, you played with him in college. Wonderful but player. What, what a, just, I think it's just a, a breath of fresh air seeing someone play with that much passion and that much energy. The man raised the roof on an open roof after a dunk last night. <laughs> that he was just goes at it. He just goes after it the entire time. And anyone that plays that style of basketball but has the skill set that he has, like, there is no other big man in the league that does a Euro step like Jacob Wiley. The amount of times he just, like, the two dunks that I can remember last night was one when he got the, the rebound and just went up and sort of did a 180 in the air and threw it home, like, effortlessly. The other one was that dunk on CG43 upside your head, if you don't mind. I mean, the guy is just a joy to watch. And for a guy that didn't have much... Uh, uh, basketball ability, but played with a, just a chip on his shoulder and a lot of hard work. I really enjoy watching Jacob Wiley play basketball. And props to you, young man. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, much respect for how much passion you have for the game that we all love. He's definitely a, a passionate. I love the way he approaches the game. I just love the fact that yesterday he showed more. You know, you know, most guys that are that athletic, all guys like that usually are known for is dunking and blocking shots. But he's able to put the ball on the deck, you know, dribble, transition, create his own plays. And I like, and he's able to pass the ball, too. Every now and then he'll hit a jump shot. So he's not just 
a typical athlete, he's a complete player. And I respect the way he approaches the game and handles his business. Well, he's a complete player and he's a complete person. You know, you mentioned it before. I was lucky enough to play college basketball with Jake Wiley. And this guy played football for Montana for a year. So he's a freak athlete. He played college, Division I college football. Mm. Now, the thing about Jake Wiley is he came to Eastern Washington with the promise that he could be a graduate assistant coach. Wow. They thought he was just, because he, he was playing NAIA basketball. Dang. He came with the intent that he was just going to be a graduate assistant, get his degree. And he comes to open gym and just completely dominates with that type of energy. And he ended up being the MVP of the conference that year. Yeah. So he ends up getting a scholarship, being the MVP of the conference that year. And I've never met someone with just better people around. Because this dude grew up with absolutely nothing. Like absolutely nothing. It's, it's the most amazing story. Just his life. And I'm sure the NBL is going to do some features on it as the season goes on. But just his story and to be such a guy. Like he, God, the guy reads like three books a week. Just whether they be self-help books, books on Gandhi, whatever it be, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, like everything just to better himself in every area of life. And I'm telling you, if it's that season, it's that time of year where you sort of be grateful for everything. And I don't think I've met anyone who's more grateful for what they have. And you know it, Corey, you've grown up in these sort of places. That we don't understand how good we have it in some respects. And then this dude is just so grateful for what he has and he shares it with those around him. So just, you can't lift up Jake Wiley enough. So I'm happy you chose him there and I probably should have not gone to Joey Wright <laughs> and, li- and, and lift it up, Jake Wiley, instead. I probably should have jumped in with that one. Well, it's great My to bad, know, you know. <laughs> well, well, it's great to know, you know, a lot of us come, a lot of us come from different backgrounds, you know, and obviously from bits and pieces that I've heard, he's come from a really, really tough background. But at the end of the day, it's made him who he is, you know. So at the end of the day, you know, I look at the end result. Because there's people that come from amazing backgrounds and still don't amount. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just great to see that, you know, regardless of however it began, it has made him become a better person and a better individual and successful. He's playing something. He's doing something that he loves to do and getting paid for it and seeing the world while doing it. Unbelievable. Looking after his beautiful family while he does it. We love Jack Wiley here at the Trash Talk Podcast. But anyway, that is all we got time for this week. We wish you all a happy and safe new year. And from all of us at Sports Fed, we're out.